0: for our first message today we have a split sermon from Mr. David Hope part two of Back to Basics Mr. Hope thank you Mr. Nolan good afternoon everyone beautiful fall day today man I love this kind of weather if it wasn't for the fall weather it'd be just about nap time for me I tell you since my surgery here this summer uh, you know about Anywhere from 1 to 3 o'clock, I just want to lay down and sleep somewhere, and, but uh, this fall weather, I was telling him, uh, Fred and I were talking too, uh, I had an old dog that had arthritis, and he was really old, and, and we were talking about that back there too, and this time of year, I'll tell you what, it'd get a little crispy in the air, you know, and uh, he'd just get real frisky, and just really go around, and that's kind of the way I am, just like an old dog, I love that cool weather want to welcome all of our visitors here today. We have some visitors that I've not met before, and welcome them. We have some visitors that uh, a lot of us have known for probably 40-some years. And I'll tell my daughter watching, uh, McGrews here, Grenda, where is she, up here? We have people uh, uh, watching on the internet, and uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to do that last week. She was down, and I wasn't doing well. But anyway, uh, it, it's good that we have those services around. and. Like John Hagee says, welcome uh, international and national TV audience. So wherever they are, and we do get people from overseas. Matthew, doesn't your parents watch once in a while from England? So high steels, uh, or who else? Uh, my last message I spoke here oh, a couple of months ago, I guess, back before the Feast of Tabernacles, and uh, got into uh, what I was kind of calling maybe maybe a series. I don't necessarily have to continue that, but. Back to the Basics, is what the title of it, and uh, today, today, it's Back to the Basics, part two. And uh, years ago, in, in the church, they recommended that, that we take notes. And uh, this type of message is, is probably a little better for notes, if you, if you do take notes, because I have it a little bit organized, which sometimes I'm not organized. But anyway, I have it organized. And uh, it, it may help you remember better and those that have a table, somebody that in their home watching it, you know, it's a little easier to take notes. Of course we like we speakers, and I think I'm speaking for most of us, most of you guys, we always like it when we look out and we've got a happy audience looking at us. You know, we don't like to look down, well, what are they thinking? What are they doing? Uh and if we see a puzzled look on their face, we get un or I do, I get uncomfortable. Or maybe used to it, but you know, I, I like Ilya, I love it when I look out here and see Ilya and his wife, and she's not here today, and you know, a number of others out here, Jane, and you know, they're, they're smiling, you know, and and uh, I might get rattled if I had two or three amens, you know, from back, but uh, we've had that happen, haven't we, and uh, at least, but anyway, uh, and if you feel like saying amen, that's fine, you know, I, I've been, uh, like some of you, you know, I've been attending occasionally to a church out west of here, about 35, 40 miles west of here, where my father used to go before he died, and, and uh, my older brother goes, and it, it happens to be on Wednesday night when my wife has choir practice, and since I've got a, a Goldwing motorcycle parked in the garage, I can't just let it sit idle, so I had an excuse to drive it. Well, and I, I've said this before, my father passed away you know, about a year and a half ago, and I, I, it was difficult to get out of that Wednesday night cruise. And the church is just about 15 miles before I get to Dad's house, which was 50 miles from my house. And uh, so, I, you know, I'd kind of drop in on that. Well, it got interesting. And uh, they didn't kick me out, and they they were, uh, they, they would ask me questions too, you know. And and I think I mentioned this one time, and I'll just bring it back up, some that haven't heard it. We were there, it's been about a year ago now, I guess, and. We were in one of the uh, uh, scriptures we call difficult scriptures, you know. It's some proof text that a lot of the churches say, well, you can eat anything you want to. You can The law's done away, uh, the commandment's done away. All this stuff, you know, they have their little text. And sometimes they can – let me slow down a little bit. <laughs> like my old dog, <laughs> I am going to go so long. But anyway, and that's one of the reasons that, that uh, or one of the things that I, I like to update myself, and I think some of you, you know, could, could use some of the things, and maybe you could even add to my scriptures later on. But they, they were on a deal one night, and there were probably 10, 12 of us around, you know, U-shaped table, kind of like we do. And uh, I don't remember exactly which scripture it was, but he, he, he said, well, Do you think God really cares what you put in your mouth? You know, everybody, ah, no, I don't, no, God don't care, you know. Just kind of like, you know, this old dietary stuff was was gone, you know. God don't care anymore what you do. That's old ceremonial stuff. And he, and I didn't say anything. I didn't even show them my expression. I just wanted to be indifferent, you know, and not cause any trouble in their, their congregation. And he looked directly at me, said, do you really think God cares about what you put in your mouth? What do you do, you know? If you if you if you don't say anything, you say no. Well, you agree with them. Well, we know better. And I said, yes, sir, I do. <laughs> you know, so it kind of went from there. We got into a little discussion and made him realize, you know, or I don't know if he he believed it or not, but to whether the congregation believed it or not, but I said, you know, this has nothing to do with clean and unclean meat. Just talking about vegetarianism, whether to eat meat or not. You know, went into some of that stuff, but a lot of it came from the training that we had years ago. And Lord's you know, took a leadership training classes, some of the others did. And, uh, but I get rusty, and I know you've gotten rusty on a lot of the things. But uh, the message I covered last time, uh, I'm just going to refer to it, was Colossians 2.14, when I was talking about uh, uh, people says the ordinances, the law, was nailed to the cross. I'm just going to paraphrase what I did. But we showed during that message, it was very short, showed during that message that the only thing that was nailed to the cross that day was the body of Jesus Christ and the note of guilt, the handwriting, the note of guilt against us. That is all that was nailed to the cross. It was not uh, the Ten Commandments or the law or anything else. Of course, we know from study that, that the uh, sacrifices are not done or the, the whole New Testament's replete, showing that the sacrifices are not done. I mean, not, the sacrifices are not relevant now, even though the, the annual holy days are. So today, and I had planned on doing two or three of them, because some of them are real quick, you know, you can go point A, B, C, D, and go to another one, you know, get on another topic. But after I started on this, started putting my notes back down together, I thought, I may not have time to do any more than just this one particular one. And if I don't, nobody's going to cheer because I get down early, right? If I go over a long time, everybody's going to be watching or watch. So, but if I if I do finish up early, no no one's going to uh, get angry at me. But today I want to continue what I call a short burst of quick answers to some of our basic doctrines. The, most most of these they don't take a whole lot. They'll, they'll people will take a scripture and and like I said a while ago, they'll try to prove one thing or nothing or another just from a, a basic. Uh, scripture here, and just a little bit of uh, know-how, a little bit of uh, know where to go here and there. Sometimes you can you can way overcome that easy. But if sometimes you don't know some of them, it can be a little harder. And you think, well, you know, they've got a point there, I, and, and you know. But we all have to be taught. And a lot of you, I know, already understand this. There, you, uh, you've already been there on a lot of it. But what I'm I'm, I'm going to take kind of a slow down again. <laughs> take kind of a shotgun approach of one particular subject. I'm going to cover uh, a number of passages in it, but it's, and there's so many more that, 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 because the subject's big, that we can make a long study. But I think this will be educational, and I'm going to put it in uh, point A all the way down to point E. And the subject I want to talk about, and especially since most of us have uh, already observed the annual Feast of Tabernacles, which is the last, the last great day, which is the last of the Holy Day season. And uh, I know last week you had the Feast reports, you know, how things went in your area. And so we're still in that, and, and people may say, well, where have you been? Well, I've been to the Feast of Tabernacles, and we'll say, Oh, that's old Tasmanites so I've done away with. That's nailed across and everything else. But anyway, so it be fresh on your mind. First of all, I want to turn over to Leviticus 23. People say I've been there so many times. Leviticus 23. And I'm not going to cover a lot of stuff in there, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of the basics. Leviticus 23. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 4. And I could read the whole thing, but we won't. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, and saying to them, Concerning the feast of the Jews, your Bible say that feast of the Jews. See, you, see, you're looking up there. You're cheating, Dottie. Okay, feast of the Lord. This is not. And how many times have we heard? Oh, that's those old Jewish holy days, old Jewish feast days. He said, feast of the Lord, which he shall proclaim to be holy convocations even these are my feast. And of course, he starts off the feast with the, uh, the, uh, the Sabbath day, six days and all that. And then he goes, and goes through uh, a number of other scriptures. Uh, I'm going to jump down to uh, verse 31 and just give you just some of the highlights. This is talking about, I believe this one's talking about Day of Atonement. This is, you know, way down in the Holy Day season. You should do no manner of work, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Drop down now to forty one. Like I said, I'm skipping a lot of this. If you want to read things in its context and find out if I'm cheating, just, just just feel free to do it. Down to verse 41. And you shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever and your generations, you shall celebrate it in the seventh month. So we're starting off way back when Holy Days were being, being instituted. God said these are forever. That was point A. Point B, I'm going to go back a little bit toward the front of the book to Exodus 12. Most of you realize already, well, that's where the first Passover took place. And I was asked that the other night in Bible study, too. I, or it wasn't me directly. It was somebody, uh, the pastor was just asking in, in reference, well, where's the first, where was the first Passover, you know? And, and he knows his Bible pretty good. You know, I'm not saying he's dummy. He's not. He's he's, he's kind of a little hillbilly. Hey, there's some more visitors out here, less than 10. Hey, I mean, uh, Rob, I'm sorry. I didn't see you guys. He slipped in. And uh, but anyway, he's, he's a smart guy. And since we do it all the time, you know, this is something we do. Uh, at least once a year, I had a pretty good idea where it was, you know, so I told him over in Exodus 12. But anyway, the scripture, uh, this has nothing to do with that, but the scripture I'm going to is <laughs> Exodus 12 and verse 14 says, and like I said, I'm breaking in the m- uh, middle of a part. This was the first Passover. And s- this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast unto the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. I'm going to stay in chapter 12 and go to verse 24. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to you and to your sons forever. And how long is forever? Forever. Jesus said that we'll live forever. How long is forever? How long is eternity? Okay. Catch up with my notes again, or let them catch up with me. Exodus, since we're right over there, I'll, we'll use uh, Exodus 13. We were in Exodus 12. Now we're going to Exodus 13. Verse five. Let's see if I have any notes on there before I can go any further. Okay. And it shall be no. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring you into the land of Cana, and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which He swear unto your fathers to give them, and a land flowing with milk and honey that you shall keep this service in this month. And he's saying, you know, they're in the wilderness at this time. And he says, when we come across, go into the promised land, this, this is what we're going to do. And here's how we're going to do it. Verse 6, seven days shall you eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast unto the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with you, neither shall there be... Leaven seen with you in all of your quarters." See how far my instructions told me to go. I'm gonna go ahead and go on to about 10. And you shall tell, show or whatever, you shall tell your sons in that day, saying, this is done because that which the Lord did unto me when I came out of Egypt. Of course, we know now that we do that because of Jesus was our sacrifice. He was our Passover. So we, we use this as a, an original example, but we go on and, and show what the uh, uh, Holy Day actually means, you know, in fulfillment. And uh, I had a chance the other night, I wish some of you were there because I know you could have answered a whole lot better, but uh, mentioned that, you know, the, the Holy Days, the seven annual Holy Days, and they've known in the past that that I do some of these, even though they don't agree with me, they haven't argued with me, but, but it's, it's the idea that we get to drop a little hint every once in a while of God's truth. And uh, I said, every one of those have a uh, point to God's overall plan for, for mankind, for salvation. I didn't go into all of them then because they've heard a little bits of it before. And uh, Anyway, I, and I told him, I said, you know, even Pentecost, and, and I said, uh, you guys know what Pentecost is? And I kind of chuckled because uh, that was a Pentecostal church. <laughs> you know, it's a full gospel church. And uh, I said, a lot of people don't even know what Pentecost means. I said, they just think it was, and I didn't, you know, I tried not to say it in a, you know, in a put-down way, and I may have, but I didn't think it did, and I said, a lot of people think it just, um, um the events that happened on that day not realizing that Pentecost means the 50 means 50 count 50 50th day and the 50th from what so you're, you're going to have chances and opportunities to do these same things. I guarantee you I'm not a prophet but I have made predictions in the past about certain individuals you know uh, just simply because of common sense and you know and you know what's going on and a lot of you people are going to be uh, in positions where you're going to be able to testify of, of the true word of God. You're going to be, and I bet you Roy and Carolyn, and Les, has, and a lot of the older people have already done that a lot of times, and I know Ilya, uh, younger in the church, you know, and the excitement, he wants to go out and tell everybody anyway, and that's the way a lot of us were. But too bad we don't maintain some of that enthusiasm sometimes, and... Uh, you know, that, that very first love. But it is exciting when you have a chance if, if somebody will at least sit there and listen and, and not, you know, not argue with you. You don't want to argue with any of them. But anyway, and it shall be a sign unto you, verse 9, it shall be a sign, in, sign for, no, and it shall be for a sign unto you upon your hand and upon your, uh, for a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth, for a strong hand has the Lord brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. And we know that some people keep the, 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 the Passover, the uh, communion as they call it, on a weekly basis. You know, some do it by quarter. We discussed that week before last in, in the church out there, and and nobody was putting anybody else down. You know, we we were just saying that, and and uh, you know, we we keep it on a year on a year to year basis because he said, "In when you do this, in remembrance of me, you know, do it in remembrance of me. Take this wine and this bread, and you do it in remembrance of me as often as you do that." Well, how often do we do it? Well, once a year when in its season. Anyway, that wasn't in my notes, but uh, while we're Still back over here in the Old Testament. Why don't we go to Jeremiah 7. Real short verses here. Jeremiah 7 and verse 22. And, and, and listen to this carefully. For I spoke not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. God didn't mention that. Back here in uh, uh, Exodus 12, uh, this was roughly, what, a year before the sacrifices stuff instituted. Lawrence knows more about it uh, since he's a historian and some of the others. But this was before. He He didn't put the sacrifices on the holy days at the beginning. Verse 23, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk you in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. And then we know the other part of the story when they did the sacrifices and all the different things, and it's not my bag, all the different things, and all the things that they mean. but. Anyway, but that was not in the original, the sacrifices. So the holy days and the Sabbath, either one, they do not stand or fall on the holy days. I mean on the sacrifices. The holy days do not stand or fall on, on the sacrifices and, and the animals and all of that. They're totally independent of it. Point C... Getting getting over into the New Testament a little bit. Uh, Jesus observed the Passover and Days of Unleavened Bread, and of course we know the apostles did too. But if you'll turn with me now over to uh, Luke, the second chapter, and verse 41 42. Very briefly here, a lot of you are familiar with this. Verse 41, Now his parents went to Jerusalem Every year at the feast of Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem, after the custom of the feast. So Jesus did, and we know the story if we continue to read that uh, when his company went home, uh, they were gone what a day or so, a couple of three days, and and. Uh, Lo and behold, Jesus wasn't there. They thought he was riding in a car with Roy or somewhere, and someone else said, no, he was in the car with Stewart's and they looked around, no, he wasn't there. Well, they were already almost to California when they found out about that. When you talk about, uh, I'm just putting a modern vernacular, you know, you you figure nowadays you travel three days, how far can you go in three days? Well, back in the 70s, I guess, uh, 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, we couldn't go very far, but nowadays... When you go 75 and 80, we can go quite a ways in three days. But either way, they, they had to backtrack, you know. And that's, that has nothing to do with the Holy Day. But anyway, that's just kind of an aside. Uh, that's 42. Now, that's, that was, uh, yeah, Jesus was keeping the Passover and days of unleavened bread. And then, of course, we have other scriptures too, you know. We're talking about the Last Supper and all that, so I don't, I don't need to go through that but just kind of a brief outline. Uh, Go to John 7th chapter. John 7th chapter and verse 1 and 2. We're talking about the Feast of Tabernacles here. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in jewelry. No, I'm sorry, yeah, for you, know. Because the Jews sought to kill him, now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. And now we know a lot of people say, "Well, this they, they use that as their example." Well, this is not the Christian. This is this is the Jews' uh, feast of tabernacles, but we know Jesus kept it. John seven. Oh, I'm already in John seven one and two. Uh, go over to. Um, Verse 14, now still in the same context. Now about the midst of the feast, this is talking about the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. So he not only kept the Feast of Tabernacles, but he also taught in the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, verse 37, in the same context, verse 37, In in the last day that Great day of the feast of tabernacles, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, "If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. If he be- he that believes on me, as the scripture says, has said, out of his belly shall flow wa- rivers of living water." So the last great day, the eighth day, we realize that the feast of tabernacles was seven days. The first day was an annual high day, a holy day, and. Uh, uh, and the eighth day, which we understand as being independent of the Feast of Tabernacles, but it was one day later. It was the last great day, as we call, and we understand in our minds, in our church, in our doctrine, what that represents of the great white throne judgment. But that's another subject. Page 2. 2 of 10. Could be 10, but it's not. This will get old. You know, Paul Harvey used to say page two and page one. I've said this, you know. I said, well, can't David come up with any other thing besides that? You know, it's the same thing. No, I'm the same yesterday <laughs> as I am today. and probably will be tomorrow. But not like God is. Uh, okay, point D, if you're taking notes. When you take notes, when I quit reading, immediately look up so I can see you. No, I'm joking. You take whatever time you need and... and Hopefully, you know, when, when we take notes that so we don't lose the continuity and we don't lose what uh, a person's saying, uh, if you have to, just jot down whatever it takes, write down a scripture, and, and uh, maybe if we, we as speakers give you enough time to meditate while we're fumbling through looking at scriptures. but uh, I, I think you'll find that you'll remember things a whole lot better. A gentleman asked me here four or five years ago about a message I gave, and and he said, now, what was that scripture? You know, what was that scripture? What was the scripture? Well, he didn't, and that's okay, you know. But, but uh, if, if, and I've done the same thing. Sometimes I didn't take very good notes. But anyway, and you're, you're not a good Christian or bad Christian just because you don't. This is just my recommendations. And I don't, I don't turn to every scripture in the Bible when, when they do it. This old Bible is getting sold, and some of you have old Bibles out there, too. And, and I can, we can pretty well tell if they're getting to us. They're getting in our pocket, you know, with a wrong scripture, wrong interpretation. And besides that, who can deny that? <laughs> if you can see that far. But anyway. Anyway, it's a good idea if you can take notes and, and if you don't feel like it, that's okay too. And, and I know a lot of you have good memories, a lot better than mine. Uh, did I say uh, part D? Part D is in David. New New Testament church kept the holy days. Go with me uh, to Acts 12. Like I said, this is not all inclusive by any means, but they're, they're good scriptures to start with. And good as a foundation and good as a quick reference point. And uh, if if you uh, are in the habit of chain-lengthing and chain-referencing your Bible, you know, you find one good main scripture here. And if you have enough room in your Bible on the edge or in a reference or something that you can put another one that really has a lot to do with that subject and chain reference at it. It takes a lot away from the mental thing, unless you like Reggie, and Reggie wouldn't be able to read his. <laughs> Just joking, Reggie. He has, he's, he's up two or three times after I am, so he can get back with me. We, we were in the room back here a while ago having our meeting, I got to see if I can, I don't have time, do all this digressing. Uh, Reggie forgot something, and and uh, Lawrence and I got to digging him on that. And and uh, anyway, he thought we were making fun of him for being young or something. I don't know what it was, but we had a lot of fun doing it. I just thought he's too young for to forget anything. Okay, where I gotta go? I'm sorry. Let me see. Um, Act? Did I say Acts 12? Did I say that? Okay, thanks. See, I forgot already, Reggie. Your day's coming. Acts 12 and verse 3. 12 comes after 10, doesn't it? Okay. Uh, And because he saw... No. And because he saw it pleased the Jews... He proceeded to take I should have went in verse one no, I'll go to verse one now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James the brother of John with a sword, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread and let's go real quickly I'm not going to stay right here too long uh, go on over to Acts 20 Acts 20 and verse 6 I don't have time to go into a lot of the uh, chronology and things that were happening at that time Uh, I'll just start in verse uh, I'll just start here in verse 5 These going before tarried for us at Troas and we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days where we abode seven days. And in the next verse, which I'm not going to get into, but is another place that uh, some of the churches try to use. It is was the first day of the week. They were having church services and this does away with Saturday. But that's another message. Uh, you probably have heard that before. Let's turn over real quickly to uh, 1 Corinthians 5 6. 1 Corinthians 5 6. Now, this is basically still talking about Passover and Days of Unleavened Bread series. Uh, You know, we, we know that the Days of Unleavened Bread are doing the first. Between the first holy day of unleavened bread and the seventh day is a holy day, we understand that, right? Some of you do. What did I say? Verse six: Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? And Paul was talking to them, the, the Corinthian church, during the days of unleavened bread. You'll get that if you if if you're attuned to the holy days. Purge out, therefore. The old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. Even Christ, our Passover, remember, He's our sacrifice. Our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, verse eight: Let us keep the feast, the feast of unleavened bread, the Passover, not with old leaven, not with old unleavened, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth." So he's even using the jargon with the Corinthians at that time. You know, put out the old leaven, the leaven that's in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, the sin that we're carrying around, even as you are unleavened, which means you've already unleavened your house. You've gone through with the flashlight and candles back in those days, I guess, but uh, didn't have Duracell do- and all that. Uh, but you've already got the leaven off your place. You're unleavened there, but let's get the real leaven out, the, the leaven of malice and, and wickedness and all of that. Um, since we're... Let's see where I'm at. Go to, uh, back real quick to... Uh, um, Acts, the second chapter, Acts 2.16. This, this is common with a lot of people, especially the, the Pentecostal people. And a lot of people, it, it, it's familiar to a lot of people. Acts 2.16, we know what happened on that day. And how did we get to that day? How did we get to the day of Pentecost? How, how were they there on that day? You know, the 50th day, what did they count from? We know, we understand that they counted from the days of unleavened bread tomorrow after the Sabbath, and 50, uh seventh Sabbath shall be complete and on the morrow after the seventh. You know, we know all of that. So they were there on the day of Pentecost. Uh, if, if they had not been keeping the holy days and the days of unleavened bread and Pentecost, they wouldn't have been there on the right day. And the ship pulls out on. Uh, Sunday, and, and you're going to get there on Monday by mistake, you've missed the boat. Acts 2 verse 16, and let's see what they said, and I'll just kind of break into this for a second, verse 15. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by Joel. And I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of that. He talked about a lot of the things that happened during then. 1 uh, Corinthians 16 now. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 7. Oh, Ray, Kick, and wake her up. She'd probably be drinking her coffee, and my voice just kind of puts my kids to sleep if I know how they were in the past, you know. I'd be talking, scolding them or whatever, uh, you know. Or they might look at you wide open, but, the, you know, you know they were in a days. They, they couldn't paraphrase back what you said. And uh, so I hope, I hope that I'm still not putting my daughter to sleep. Uh, I need to have her on the phone up here so she can... Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 16, verse 7. For I will not see you, and he's in a trip again. Paul's on a trip. Uh, for I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry, or wait a while, whatever, with you. For if the Lord permit, I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. So Paul was keeping a the Pentecost then. Uh, let's come down to... Uh, Acts 27, real quickly, and we'll we'll catch uh, maybe a at day of atonement. This is one that you have to kind of look at a little bit before you uh, can actually understand what it is. Sometimes it might, might even help for you to go to a commentary or something. And, and I, a lot of times I don't put a lot of stock in some of the commentaries because I just I not that I'm smart because I'm really not. But I, I really find myself disagreeing with with a lot of the commentaries. On, on a number of things. But no, I'm not going to write a commentary. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I just, some things I just don't think are helpful. Uh, Acts 2 27. You realize here, Paul was a prisoner. They were taking him, I guess, to Rome at this time. And, uh, Things were not doing very well. They were. It was very dangerous. So I'm just going to uh, briefly blurt this here, and you may, like I said, you may want to look at some of the commentaries, look at the uh, in your strong concordance, and some other things, and 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 see what this word means. Now, when much time was spent, Chapter verse 9. what did I say? Huh? It's wrong. Oh, don't. Okay, I'm. I'm, I'm Acts 2, did I say 227? Okay, thanks, thanks. I'd wake you up, Drenner. wake me up. Is that what I actually said? Okay, your day's coming, Reggie. (laughs) Just take good care of yourself, boy. Take your vitamins and your Q10 and all that, because... You know, it's good to have two or three people out here that, you know, when one shuts up, the other can talk a little bit and say, you know, I appreciate that, I really do. Acts 27, verse 9. Okay, we've got it on that one. Okay, I said it right. Now when, thanks, Lawrence. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them, and of course he told them, you know, let's go ahead and eat, you know, the fast is over and all that, you know, I perceive nothing bad is going to happen. But the word fast in here, look that word up in in your strong concordance and and see what that fast did and and see if the commentaries will tell you that that was the day of atonement. Uh, Acts 18, verse 20. when they desired him to tarry longer longer time with them he consented not but bade them farewell saying I must by all means keep this feast which comes in Jerusalem but I will return again unto you if God will and he sailed from Ephesus so he was still keeping the holy days um, I may just that paraphrase a little bit. I only have one, one or two more scriptures, so I'll just go ahead. I don't think I'm going to go over um, Colossians 2, this is close to scripture. I was on the last time that uh, told you that there were uh, scripture that they are claiming that the law's done away and all that. Okay, I'm going to have to, if I had Brenda on the phone, I'd ask her where Colossians is, is that before or after that other thing? Ah, Memory's getting old. Colossians 2, 16, and 17. See, just before this is a scripture I was in, uh, you know, last time I spoke up here in verse 14 where it says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us and contrary to it and took it out of the way. Well, we explained that so you'll have to go get the other tape. Um, verse 16, let no man, and, and realize who he's talking to, he's talking to the Colossians that were Gentiles, they, they weren't uh, long-term um, uh, Israelites. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or the Sabbath days which are a shadow or a picture of things to come but the body of Christ. Let the body of Christ do the judging. And last scripture. in. uh, where would I go for the last scripture to show it's going to be kept in the millennium in the future? Your hands, Zechariah. Is that in the Old Testament? Zechariah fourteen. Yeah, all right. I really try to wake the audience up a little closer to the middle of the message, so you know they can get more of it. But yeah, wake you up for song services. Zechariah fourteen and verse sixteen. And this will show, and you'll read that it'll show that uh, the Feast of Tabernacles will be kept by everyone in all nations in in the millennium when Christ comes back. Now I don't. I, let me just uh, give you a little bit of the um, of uh, background for that before I get to the scripture I was going to read Zechariah fourteen and okay. Tell me which scripture, <laughs> if you're going to do that. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, we're breaking into the middle of Zechariah 14, verse 4. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof, toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. Half of the mountains shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. That ain't happened yet, as far as I know. I haven't heard of the big earthquake or anything in Jerusalem yet that, that, that has been done that. Have you heard about it? I don't think uh, ABC CBS and all that have said that. I'm um, skipping on down to, uh, uh, and of course, he brings his saints with him and all that, and, and we know when that is. And verse nine, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord, and his name one. Uh, let me see. and all men shall dwell in it and there shall be no more utter destruction Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited and, just, and it shall come to pass verse 16 and it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to, key, uh, uh, to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, to keep the feast of Tabernacles. This is yet future events after that big earthquake and the saints come back with Christ. And it shall be that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem, and and we we pretty well feel it's going to be emissaries are going to be you know, main people, but uh, but anyway, they're going to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. If they don't come up, they're not going to have any rain. If the family of Egypt, and you say United States or Britain or anyone else, if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles, This is the punishment of Egypt and a punishment all nations that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So, uh, here's just a a brief nutshell of of, uh, uh, the Sabbath and the Holy Days, basically the Holy Days. Like I said, it's not all inclusive by any means, but it's just in a nutshell and hopefully that it will be helpful to you and help you in your studies. And... uh, Anyway, so hope, if you took good notes, you'll have something to study on.